This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 11th of January 2023 at home in Wicklow. And it is an episode that looks at it looks at grief again. I have a little bit more to say about the uh, recent the recent death of one of my uncles um, and the kind of the aftermath of that. Um, I also talk about the value of kindness. Um, I talk about the, I try to, I think unsuccessfully, but I try to talk about the nature of wisdom, and what wisdom might look like. And I also talk about the idea of, of nourishment. Um, and so I suppose nourishment in a existential or, or spiritual sense, um, as well as a physical sense. Uh, but I warn of the dangers of, of, of sanctimony and piousness that might attach to living a life that's too nourished. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that's what's um, that's what's coming up. I also have some some nice quotes there from um, Frank Capra's "It's a Wonderful Life" and from um, a thoughtful a thoughtful um, a thoughtful rabbi um, that that stimulated some of the some of the, the conversation today. So there you go. That is what is coming up. I hope you enjoy what you hear and I will see you around the corner. Cheers. Ooh, not gonna change my mind Leaving the dream behind Keep my Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. You're very welcome to this rainy day. <laughs> I just had the, the cat, the younger cat, can never remember. Oh, she's the assistant to the head of marketing. Is that, is that what I called her? Anyway, Ruby, the younger cat, wailing, wailing at the window uh, here at the little home office, home studio at Hashtag Blessed because it's lashing rain and I went to the door to let her in. No sign of her. She was at the other side of the house. Been a, a little soggy furball. Anyway, that was um, flow interrupted. <laughs> Speaking of flow interrupted, <laughs> one of my brothers gave uh, gave my daughter a fantastic book for Christmas, which um, the name of which I'm not going to remember precisely, but fundamentally is this beautifully illustrated uh, large format hardback book about Irish goddesses. And my daughter's name is Maeve and Queen Maeve is featured and amongst other things uh, she was that she was notable for i.e. like a warrior queen uh, taking up sword and shield and going into battle um, this book has informed us that she was also a uh, menstruation sort of advocate and there's a great sequence in the telling of her story in the book where basically she's in battle and then instructs her men to form uh, you know to to take her place in the battle because she has to go and you know basically tend to herself and even better Cúchulainn legendary Irish warrior comes across her when she is having this private moment and his code of honour forbids him from attacking her while she's like that so um, juicy stuff um, so in that case that was flow not interrupted uh, that, that's, that's what just came into my head anyway 
there you go there you go queen mave the things you learn the things you learn that's a beautiful beautiful book i'll um i'll see if i can find a little link to throw in the description of the episode so you can get get a get a sauce on it yourself that was a, that was a great great present um anyway here we are it's another week and the year the year keeps rolling the days keep dropping off the calendar and i i must say i'm feeling rather weary rather weary um yes i'm i'm, I'm sort of hesitant <laughs> i'm hesitating where should i begin where should i begin um I suppose I should just begin with, um, and if you're new to the podcast, if you're a new listener to the podcast, what I do here is I, I lean into the sort of the examined life and I seem to be endlessly obsessed with interiority, the internal experience, the internal processor, what we're dealing with on the inside, because I feel it's so central to how we engage with everything that life throws at us. So the the podcast is always there or thereabouts uh, in the area of wellness and coping and resilience, but always trying to keep things pretty real, not making any amazing claims for myself or for what can be done or what can be coped with, just trying to on a weekly basis kind of deal with stuff and look at it as honestly and openly and capably as I can occasionally having guests on to talk about their stuff occasionally segueing into movies martial arts philosophy psychology it's all it's all there it's all in the mix all the time it is a melange quite like that word I'll say it again it is a melange so yes and today um yeah today i want to i want to look at a couple of things it's going to be a bit of a a carry on from last week um carry on podcast not starring sid james or kenneth williams um or barbara windsor um carry on podcast um <laughs> yeah so one of the reasons i'm weary um i spoke last week about the 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 death of a beloved uncle and at the weekend so what are we now wednesday so yeah four four days ago five days ago and on saturday we had his funeral and i uh, yeah he had nominated me to officiate at his funeral so i had a very pretty manic week last week liaising closely with my cousin hi Eva. i don't think he ever listened but hi anyway she was an absolute star and yeah really between the pair of us and uh, also with my wife Kiara we kind of pulled together the service and were able to curate the pieces that my uncle had selected to be read out our songs to be sung um and yeah it 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 was just this very intensely um bittersweet beautifully painful farewell um but yeah but it it but it 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 just seemed to it just seemed to hold the whole experience 
and the whole and you know this is the nature of kind of communal events and these sort of um and, and i'm saying this in a non-religious sense with these kind of sacred special moments um moments of human coming together and human observation and a collective a collective sharing of something profound i suppose um and something profoundly human something profoundly um emotional something profoundly about life and death and memory and love and loss of course um and on saturday we you know as a, as a kind of a collective group of mourners congregants friends family um comrades etc it was um it was just something that did get very um special as i say i used the word elevate there i think um and as, you know my wife and i were talking about it afterwards and it almost felt like I mean, for us, because there was an, uh, you know, you're up there and you're speaking and delivering stuff. Uh, my wife played a couple of beautiful songs. Um, and we're also caught up managing our own emotional response to um, to my uncle's passing. And you, you access a different mode. And I mean, I suppose, thankfully, uh, my wife and I have a, a performance background. So you can kind of switch into a certain professionalism um and focusing on doing the do um focusing on delivering what has to be delivered um but it was it, there was a tension there and my wife said it was it was, it was almost like an out of body experience um and i can certainly yeah that was my experience as well it, it was just very surreal and very intense and always sort of <laughs> always teetering on on the brink of of collapse in a sense that was internal though i don't that didn't show on the outside but um there were like kind of cracking points um but but we got there in the end and it was something it was something very very beautiful and special and i don't think i'll ever forget it and it was my immense honor to find myself in that position um, and to be of of service to to my aunt um, and to my other aunts and family members and to some beloved friends of my uncle's as well um, and just just to to add to the the surreality of it or add to the sort of electrical emotional charge of of the day the um just as it happens and i mean this is just going to sound like a big filthy name drop and that's not where i'm coming from because that would be crass and crap but just as it happens the the president of ireland um was an old comrade in arms of my uncles and my aunts because they were very active um in um you know political activism and solidarity with certain uh, regimes and revolutions and solidarity movements particularly in in latin america specifically nicaragua and venezuela and cuba and other places um and they'd been on that road together so yeah the president was there and i was his point of contact with with the event 
I mean, he has a long relationship with my aunt. Um, but it just meant I was dealing with his aide de camp, um, and he was there with a the military attaché as well. So it was, it was just an extra little thing. So he sat up front beside me, and just as I would have expected, of a very, very high regard for our president Michael D. I think he's a great man. I really, you know, respect his how he's conducted himself over his political life and in the role of president. Um, I've never, I'd never met him before, but he was exactly what I expected. Just very down-to-earth, accessible, unassuming, normal, um, and uh, kind of graceful. And, yeah, he was, you know, he was great there on the day and had a bit of chat with me back and forth during the um, during the service. So um, that was just an extra little flavour in the, in the mix. But the following day, Sunday, I, I certainly... You know, I had been aware that I'd been managing my own little grief journey. And I mean, I did speak about this last week and spoke about, you know, in that kind of, <laughs> oh, grief, it's organic and grief does this and grief can be that. And on Sunday, it just hit me like a freight train. And we, we were driving down back home from Dublin and my wife was driving. And yeah, it just, it just came out of me. Um, it just, for me, it just came it came from deep within and like a like a fountain or a rising spring of sadness and grief and i just sobbed intensely <laughs> for you know for a while as we drove down in the car um and my daughter was in the back and she was asking me why i was crying and I, I didn't sense she was unduly concerned and um, just very frankly so why are you crying and i was like look it's just i said it's just my feelings catching up with me um, and I had a few more moments like that later in the day when I was out by myself. Um, yeah, so, yeah, that had been coming. There's a build-up of pressure, isn't there? Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's in a way, that's one of the reasons. Uh, not in a way, I mean, that is definitely a reason I'm feeling rather weary now, as, you know, midweek. Um, there's just a sort of a, an emotional an emotional hangover and a sort of a a new a sort of a re-reckoning and a rebalancing of what the of what the world is now and I think I, I think that I'm, I'm sure that's a common experience for people who've lost loved ones people close to them um, the world takes on a, a different cast and I think it's 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 challenging it's challenging initially i mean that's part of the recovery journey there will be renewal um and recovery and there will be flourishing again but as um as i put it to another cousin um i was saying that the the constellation of our family is we've had a few stars extinguished and the constellation is burning a little less bright um and i think that's that's something we all probably instinctively understand and it's 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 confronting it's confronting because you're losing some very bright stars and very important stars in the constellation um and that's um yeah i mean and you you know you realize when you're particularly at a service like on Saturday, you realise how many how many people that light reached. Um, and it was funny, on on Sunday night, 
and this this is you know <laughs> pure pure selfish indulgence on my part like knackered and really what I should have done was just taken my arse off to bed and just crashed but um, the busyness of Christmas and then the busyness of the lead up to the funeral and the new year busyness with my, my sister-in-law and her fella and her son here with us um, I kind of missed a few of my usual Christmas traditions and I was determined I was absolutely determined to watch um, It's a Wonderful Life because I hadn't got round to it this year um, Frank Capra's 1946 Christmas classic, you know, James Stewart, um, as the uh, the beleaguered small town hero, um, small town good guy who's done right by everyone in his small little bank, carrying on his father's legacy and sacrificing his own dreams, and then has his crisis point and wants to throw himself in the river, wants to kill himself um, because he's worth more dead than alive to his family and an angel comes down an angel in training (laughs) an angel in waiting comes down to save him and to show him hey listen hold on a second it's not all it's not all bad you know it's not all doom and gloom and let's have a look at what you've done and of course it it leads to one of the, the great sequences in in kind of classic hollywood movies where a horrified James Stewart um, in, you know, in the character of George Bailey is, is shown what that town would have become had he not lived. Um, and it's just this kind of nightmarish sequence where he's like, nobody knows him. You know, people whose lives he touched in very meaningful ways um, have gone down very different um, paths and ended up in very kind of diminished states and it's a cynical seedy joyless town and um, that has gone the way of the the main villain of the piece who has the big bank and who just cares about money and exploitation and um you know the kind of the scrooge like figure in the christmas piece uh, and the town is named for that guy it's no longer called bedford falls it's now pottersville and I think, unless I'm very much mistaken, Bedford Falls was the model for the town used in Back to the Future. Isn't that right? Am I wrong? I'll have to, I'll have to check that and come back to you on that. Um, again, because the movie directors, they're all nostalgic for the movies as well. Well, some of them, not all of them. But in any case, I was watching that movie and I was knackered and I was kind of dozing as I was watching it and, and enjoying it. You know, there are certain parts that I enjoy more than others. But then... Um, you know, towards the end, um, as as uh, George Bailey has been nudged, as he's been nudged by Clarence Oddbody, the angel, as he's been nudged by Clarence to an epiphany of of understanding, um, you know how how significant his life actually was, and how many people he was significant to. Um, Clarence Oddbody says this he says strange isn't it each man's life touches so many other lives and when he isn't around he leaves an awful hole doesn't he and of course I heard that (laughs) and it just hit me like a like a thump in my guts because after the previous days uh, experience with the the funeral service and all the 
the stories and memories and anecdotes um, and kind of emotional sharings uh, connected to my uncle. Um, yeah, that, 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 that line just slaughtered me. Um, and again, that idea of, of leaving a hole which again, uh, you know, I, I feel like that, that, that lends itself to the, the, the constellation idea where a star, a star is extinguished and it's kind, of a, it's kind of a hole in the sky then, isn't it? It's an empty space in the blanket of night. Um, so yeah, I was kind of re- reflecting on, on that idea as well. And I mean, I did, I did speak to this last week a bit, like the idea of the empty space that's left behind when someone goes and how do you carry on? Um, you know, what, what's your relationship to that? Um, and, you know, more than one person said to me, like how they kind of expected my uncle to somehow be there. And that's what I found myself kind of craving on 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 Saturday night um I, when I, my head hit the pillow I was just feeling I wish I wish he was here I wish he was there to to celebrate himself to to you know to be there for the party to be there for the stories and the songs and and and, and just the the mischief and the fun and the drink and the crack um cuz he would have really enjoyed it um but Again, following something I said last week, I mean, ultimately, even though it's been a it's been a sad period, I do feel that people live on within us, um, and it's in the the memories of the living and the the sharing of those memories and the honouring of those memories um, that that people remain with us. Um, yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, and just tenuously, well, no, not, not, not tenuously connected at all, actually, like very clearly connected. One, you know, one of the things that came up again and again over the weekend was just people talking about, um, talking about the, you know, my, my uncle's kind of kindness. Um, and like that was... That was something I was thinking about as well. Um, and the value of that kindness and how that kindness expressed itself. And to my mind, there was just a, a generosity that my uncle extended to, to so many people. And I'm not talking about a material generosity, although he was capable of that as well. But more a generosity of time and and space Um to to kind of allow you to be with him in a very kind of relaxed way but like a space was given to you to be present to express yourself and um, that that's that's really quite a special gift i think uh, and not everyone has it in fact a lot, a lot a lot of people don't have it um because it's a sort of a there's something very serene about it and very calm and very very there's a a very kind of gentle strength in that kind of behavior and that kind of generosity to go i don't need to be 
I don't need to be um, speaking now. I can be listening. <laughs> um, but it's interesting today um, in that that um, regular email I get the the word a day email, which is sent to me by um, by Anu Garg. He's the curator of that. Uh, it comes from, um, is it wordsmith.com? Is that what it's called? Wordsmith.org. Oh my goodness. I just I just want to attribute appropriately here. Uh, yeah, wordsmith.org. So I've, I've spoken about this before. I get this email five days a week and it's, you know, it's fundamentally a, an etymology email where you get a word, you get its, its origin, you get its usage. Um, and it's just a little kind of, you know, three minute diversion every day and if you're like me and you like words um you like language it's a it's a nice little thing to get in any case um that email is always accompanied by and concluded with uh, a quote from someone uh, whose birthday is the the day of the email so today am i right yeah today the quote comes from abraham joshua heschel who was a Polish-born American rabbi and professor and writer and philosopher thinker. So he was born on the 11th of January 1907, um, died in 1972. And his quote, which I quite liked and which I'm going to share, is, When I was young, I admired clever people. Now that I am old, I admire kind people. So again, I just thought, well, that's nice. And that makes me think of my uncle again. And, it, you know, it's something I find I value a lot. Just people being nice. And, you know, nice is one of these sort of vilified words and one of these vilified concepts that can be sort of... It's a word that's kind of patronised and looked down upon. Um, oh, yeah, nice. As a, you know, And the, I think the implication is... Nice is without colour, without character, bland, beige, nah, nothing, um, innocuous, insubstantial, not note- noteworthy. Um, but I don't know. It's a very particular thing, isn't it? Like the ability, the ability to be kind um, and not like preach about it or be sanctimonious about it. Um, I think it's a lovely expression of... Of, of of humanity of human kind of thoughtfulness consideration and it's very it's often very selfless which is i think very appealing um now i did say last week one of my own um goals for the year was uh to be kind to myself i think i said to be a friend to myself um and i think there's there's learning in that. Um, it's no good being kind to everyone else if you're crapping all over yourself. Um, you know, it, it sort of it diminishes the starting point. <laughs> and you know, where you're coming from is is pretty important, I think, to the success of your outward, you know, your outwardly directed actions. Um, and I think. I think that was one of the reasons that one of the reasons that um, 
my sort of hosting or officiating at the, the, the funeral on Saturday seemed to go over so well. Um, a lot of people responded very strongly to, to how we, we managed that. Um, and I think it's because of my own instinctive kind of recognition of what the focus was meant to be and the the importance of of doing that right and doing it well. Um, I don't know. That's um, maybe that's not a particularly articulate way of expressing that, but I think there is something powerful in having a sense of the need for doing something right the need for doing something right in 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 a in a in a communal setting especially um and having a sense of this is you know this is it, it's a funny sort of liminal space i think because people are very vulnerable um in 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 grief um and it's kind of managing that that energy and holding people holding people carefully holding them gently but holding them with confidence um yeah and i think sort of steering people on a on a on a safe path where they can relax um I mean, you know, it's again, it's 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 not to to diminish that or trivialize it, but there's a there is an aspect of of performance in that, um, and bringing people on on a on a journey, like people want to feel safe with you at the helm, um, and that's how I would have thought that way about teaching as well. So it's like you step into the role, and yeah, if people trust you, something something really special there's always potential for something very special to happen i think that's how i think about it um but yeah i was thinking about this idea of um kindness versus cleverness um which was you know again this is this, this came from that quote from rabbi heschel he i mean he he became prominent i guess it, uh, because his own sort of spiritual leaning and his own kind of interrogation of his faith, um, his interrogation of Judaism and faith, uh, led him to participate in the, the civil rights movement and he marched with Martin Luther King. Um, so, I, I mean, I gather, this, and this is, you know, I just gleaned this briefly um, before, before pressing record. Um, so I, th- I gather he was quite a prominent figure Um I suppose, you know, mid, that kind of mid to three quarter century mark um, from probably the 50s, 60s through the 70s until, yeah, until his death in, in 72. Um, and he seemed to be known for a, a concept called divine pathos, which uh, I, I gathered was something to do with, you know, God having an emotional response to creation Um and there's a documentary about this guy called Spiritual Audacity. <laughs> I mean, these are great. These are great terms, aren't they? Divine pathos, spiritual audacity. Maybe you know. Maybe names for you know bands. Hi, we're Spiritual Audacity. <laughs> um, anyway, 
from Rabbi Heschel that great quote about uh, about kindness. I mean, you know, valuing kindness over cleverness. Um, and like it's an interesting thing. You think if I, like I was thinking then about the the podcasting space, and I was I was just asking myself, so like, is the podcasting space a place for kindness? <laughs> I mean, what does that mean in in that medium? Um, someone talking, someone expressing opinion, reflections, etc. I mean, kindness, you know, how, how do we see kindness? Because it's something that's usually demonstrated or, or felt. Um, and it seemed to me like in, in, in the podcasting space, it's much more, it's much more an obvious platform for, for cleverness, for intellectualizing, for um, providing material uh, or content that might educate uh, or stimulate or provoke it's definitely a platform for aggression <laughs> it could you know it can be a platform for lots of less savory things um i mean i was speculating i'm sure there's you know it's a platform for um i mean i i, I was gonna say racism i mean that that's a, that's a that's a very large claim to make but it could well be i mean anywhere there's a, a space for opinion um and like again, this idea of this sort of the democratizing effect of of the web, where basically anyone with access can have a platform. Um, I mean, and this has been tested on the most popular social media platforms. Uh, Twitter being a great case in point. You know, who's been taken off Twitter? Who's been allowed back on Twitter? What type of uh, things can be said and remain unpoliced on Twitter. I mean, Facebook has been, you know, in in this area as well. To it seems to to very extreme effect, and it's it's kind of manipulation of information. It's certainly uh, manipulation of the consumers of that information. Um, and then, you know, my 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 immediate thought after that is. Well, whose whose responsibility is it? Um, like, it's all well and good to kind of go. Look, these platforms need to be more rigorous in in who they allow to 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 speak and what they allow to appear. But I think, yeah, but like we as the consumers of that information, what's our responsibility? When do we switch on our own brains and engage our own critical thinking? Um, I mean, it's one of the reasons I stayed away from social media for years. If, if I didn't have this podcast, I still wouldn't be on social media, really. I wouldn't use Facebook or Instagram or uh, Twitter. Um, I only use those things in my, uh, my, you know, in my attempts to promote the podcast and attract listeners. And I mean, largely... My sense is, <laughs> largely, my sense is none of that's worked. I don't think it's made any, uh, had any impact on attracting listeners. I don't have any sense of that. Um, but I'll, I'll keep going in the absence of, of, of better ideas. Um, yeah, so kindness versus cleverness. I don't know. It's, um, you know, 
listen, it's not a zero sum game. You know, you, you can here here's a here's a here's a radical concept. You can be clever and kind. Imagine that. He was so clever, but he was also so kind. Um he used to give cats to old ladies. <laughs> um but that that idea then, yeah, like the the you know these you know putting those things in 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 opposition it did all it also made me think about something else i was reflecting on last week because last friday was the the feast of the epiphany um the 6th of january which in ireland is also nolignaman which is uh women's christmas also known as little christmas um and i think the, the 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 history of the women's christmas idea it's like well once the whole christmas festival is over um, and historically, women would have been doing all the cooking and cleaning and hosting and preparations and, you know, the heavy lifting of hospitality and caring through that time. The idea was that on women's Christmas, it was their turn to relax. And I think there was a also a sense of, like, you know, that was the day that servants would relax. And was there a tradition in some cases of the the masters of the house serving the servants on the 6th am i wrong is that a is that is that is that apocryphal i think that might have been in the mix as well but in in it, and, it, and what's that so and again sorry i'm, I'm jumping around but the, the feast of the epiphany is the, the 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 you know marking the the arrival of the the three wise men the the, the three kings the magi visiting uh the baby jesus um, with their their gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, um, and when I just you know reflected briefly on this last week, I was just thinking, okay, wise, and I was thinking like, what is it? What is it to be wise? You know, what is the like? What is the nature of of wisdom? Um, and you know if that's one of our sort of cultural um, I don't know cultural templates uh, coming down through the, the Christian tradition um, you know the three wise men and uh, not the three wise women you know for, for, for woke listeners you know, what about the women what, what, what about the wise women well maybe they were wise to stay away I don't know I don't know but um the wisdom. I mean, basically, what was what, what? What did the what did the gifts represent? Um, the frankincense represented deity, like Christ's sort of um, God kind of destiny. Um, the gold, I think, represented the kingdom of God. I think that was the idea of the gold. And then here's one now that uh, you know, if you're a if you're a parent uh, receiving these wise gifts, um, myrrh might be problematic, and uh, you might be saying, um, "Yeah, I, uh, I demur," um, and someone else might say, "I de frankincense, uh, I de gold, I demur. I don't want that gift. Take your myrrh and sling it, myrrh." I believe was an embalming oil and myrrh represented death <laughs> and death and mourning and I'm thinking like 
okay, well, maybe, you know, at last weekend at, the, at my uncle's funeral, maybe a bit of myrrh would have been appropriate. Um, you know, seeing as that was, we were observing the ritual of 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 death, of 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 a funeral, of saying goodbye, of marking the end of of, of a life. Um, but you know, imagine you have your brand new baby, and someone comes in. It's like, where do I put the myrrh? And you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, no, this is it's a gift from you know the old <laughs> the wise old man from down the down the road, wise Willie. Um, and he thought, yeah, he'd, he'd send you over five liters of myrrh, um, just to remind you that life is is about suffering, um, and you know we wish you well. I know your your daughter's only three days old, but here here I'll just, I'll just stick it up here on the mantelpiece so you can reflect on the uh, inevitability of her death. Congratulations! I hope you'll be very happy. What the hell? Are you serious? <laughs> don't think so lads so um yeah i mean you know gold sure i'll always welcome a bit of gold if i can get it in you know a large ingot um and cash it in for a load of money that would be lovely um frankincense i mean we have plenty in the house so do we need more depends what it is i mean incense comes in many different fragrances um but yeah myrrh i don't know I don't know. I mean, uh, I, I mean, I think if you go back to the Bible or the Gospels, it, you know, the myrrh is meant to sort of foreshadow uh, the suffering of Christ um, at the end of his young life. But, but I'm not sure. I, I have a real issue with the, you know, in the, with the sort of the. <laughs> the sort of original sin area of of of, of religion um, I don't care for it uh, I don't care for the guilt package um, and the sort of the self-slaughter of religious guilt um, I just think no thanks lads this is I, I question the value of it I question the wisdom of it so yeah to return to that question wisdom what is what is wisdom? Um, is oh, I, I'm just getting a flash of some some Brian O'Driscoll anecdote. What's that thing? Brian O'Driscoll, Irish retired Irish uh, international rugby player, and one of the great uh, rugby players of all time. And he had some funny little quippy kind of thing he said in an interview once about strawberries and tomatoes and not putting strawberries in a salad and that was kind of i think i think was was wisdom the context i'm probably misrepresenting that anyway don't worry about it um what was i going to say yeah wisdom so wisdom is it it's a combination of things isn't it and i think i think concepts connected to experience and judgment and discretion are central to wisdom um and i i think of the idea of pursuing a wise course of action 
sorry, I'm just turning off my heater there. Um, it's wise to turn off the heater because it means the electricity bill won't be so vicious. Um, yeah, wisdom. I mean, is wisdom something, is it something that we value? Or is it like what you know? What, what you know? What's what's the what's the worth of wisdom? Like where does it come to bear in our lives? Is it only something we need at times of crisis? Is it only something we need when there's a major dilemma to be overcome? Can we you know? Do we do we trust or value our own counsel? Um, I mean, if you, if you take a moment there and think, are you, are you wise in your own decision-making about your own path, about where you're going in life, about what you're doing, about your relationships, your career, your, your, your health? Um, or is there somebody outside of you? Is there, is there someone? I mean, often, I mean, the cliche, of course, is somebody old, isn't it? you know the, the the older wiser person with huge life experience um i mean and then is wisdom like what what kind of what kind of energy does wisdom have again i think i lean towards that the kind of the cliche of you know of wisdom is very calm <laughs> wisdom is calm and considered um and something that kind of settles us down but can you know can wisdom can wisdom be expressed in in a you know with with a more energetic you know in in a fierier more incandescent way um maybe maybe if it's if you know if if that's kind of a, an application of wisdom in a given moment um I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not losing any sleep over this. By the way, I'm not agonising over it. This is just. Uh, it's just something that kind of got stuck in my in my brain. You know, the nature of of, of wisdom. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I was thinking. Well, one expression of wisdom is is knowing when not to speak. Um. Knowing when to be calm, knowing when to to wait to act, um, knowing when to be decisive. Um, I'm not sure. I'm still. I'm, I'm kind of still percolating on that. Um, it's probably it's probably too wide open a notion, is it? You know, wise. It was wise. I mean, you know, you, you you talk about business, and you know, maybe wisdom, you know, gets sort of a, it becomes a an equivalent of of, of being prudent. Um, you know, you were wise to invest then. You were wise to to sell those shares. I don't know. I don't know. I I, I always go a bit cold the second I venture towards that side of the fence. Um. I'm I'm out of my depth, um, yeah. So I don't know that that's one. Maybe that's one to to come back to. Uh, the, the nature of 
the nature of wisdom. Um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not satisfied. I'm not satisfied with this particular interrogation of it uh, today. So, um, my apologies if that's a, if if that didn't really go anywhere. But here I'm going to um, for the last part of the episode. I'm going to, I'm going to reflect on something I've been thinking about just in the last two or three days. Because in my um, in my sort of passive, knackered kind of state, uh, I found myself just kind of vegging um, in front of my screen. Um, well, yeah, just looking at silly stuff on, on, on Instagram, actually, little silly, you know, videos. And not all silly, some nice. I mean, generally what I get, um, you know, based on my, my viewing history, Instagram throws up um, cat videos cat and dog videos uh martial arts videos um some wellness content and then you know little bits of music and um you know comedy um humorous people doing humorous things (laughs) so humorous it was very humorous uh how's your humorous um but I, I, I think two nights ago I just sat up way too late I sat up way too I mean I must have spent it like an hour or an hour 90 minutes maybe just scrolling through these little short videos on Instagram laughing uh, <laughs> you know and then bumping them onto people and I just you know I, I, I just found myself just kind of quite annoyed with myself when I finished like what the hell was I doing and it was just, you know, as I say, I use the word passive. I was just in this kind of this kind of passivity, letting the 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 you know the, the phone, the screen, take over, um, like a like a drip feed of of strangely insubstantial um, sustenance. Um, and yesterday I was thinking, oh man, watch out for that. Don't fall into that that habit. Now, as it happened, I also, over the previous couple of nights, started watching, um, and I mean, it's a couple of years old now, but the the series Killing Eve um, that uh, stars Sandra O oh of, uh, of Sideways fame and Grey's Anatomy fame um, and Jodie Comer, um, amongst others, and written by... Um, Oh, I've just gone blank on her name. Written by the Fleabag creator. What's her name? I know she's tall. <laughs> oh, man, that's pathetic. Anyway, um, I've, I've watched over the last couple of nights, I watched the first three episodes of the first season of Killing Eve. And yeah, it's based on the Villanelle novels about a female assassin. And yeah, it's, um, oh, it's going to drive me bloody mad trying to remember her name. Sorry, give me two seconds there. What I will say is the I find the show over three episodes I find it tonally really irritating and it's I mean I I think that is definitely a, a trademark of the writer whose name I cannot remember but I'm going to get it now in about three seconds um, if my stupid phone will work and give me the information I need um, it's been painfully painful
painfully slow. Uh, yeah, so sorry, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I couldn't remember her name. So Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who you know, created Fleabag, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. And she was great in it and really, really funny and entertaining. You know, lots of other things as well. But um, there is a tone, her tone. This kind of jaunty, <laughs> jaunty, smart-alecky, slightly acerbic, slightly sarky, slightly edgy humour. This kind of jauntiness um, permeates the show, and it's like, oh my god! It's and it's got this really irritating score that just kind of beats the head off you every, you know, three minutes. But Jodie Comer is just excellent. She's just a compelling screen presence. Now, prior to this, I'd only seen her in the Last Duel, um, where she, it's a more muted performance. But I can see um, how. Uh, Killing Eve was obviously a massive launch pad for her because she really sinks her teeth into it and she's great and she's a great great screen presence um, so I'll be happy to continue watching it just for her um, and Sandra Oh is good as well but she's in more in that kind of cutesy mode that isn't that um, entertaining it's something I resist in actors um, but in any case I was banging on about watching <laughs> silly videos on Instagram social media and it just got me thinking, right? And this is what I'm going to finish with today. The idea of nourishment, okay? The idea of nourishment. And again, let's put this into our wellness frame and just stop for a millisecond and ask yourself, think about what you're doing in your life, your lifestyle, your habits, your diet, exercise relationships career if you're working um whatever it might be and just ask yourself how many things are offering you nourishment now i know that you can be you know there's a, there's an argument against nourishment there's an argument against like well not everything should be good for us because that would be bloody tedious and joyless and a bit prissy and sanctimonious um, like you know like some of the more um, you know <laughs> Protestant expressions of uh, of worship you know to be all kind of abstemious and you know this is good for you um, and kind of self-denying um, like many people like you know many people are on that road in January here a lot of people oh, I'm doing dry January I'm like okay good for you you know like and I mean like you know to be absolutely serious dry January when people choose to not drink alcohol for a month and they tell everybody about it constantly a bit like veganism uh, no offence Sarah if you're listening um, <laughs> but you know there's you know there's a part of me that goes okay that's great you're doing something that is definitely a healthy choice you're doing something that helps you demonstrate to yourself your own self-control a bit of discipline it'll probably be you know very likely it'll be better for your health overall um but there's also a part of me that thinks you know there's another choice just drink moderately all year round um but like the dry january comes you know comes on the back of the excesses of christmas uh, and funnily enough uh, i saw a post on facebook the other day um from a guy that I've been planning to interview for ages on the, the podcast and I just haven't managed to pull it together. Um, a photographer um, from Limerick uh, called Jamin Kyo. 
Um, and he, I think he's going to be involved in this this show that I'm about to start rehearsing. And Jamin um, seems like a very good guy, and he just put up this long post about uh, basically not drinking for the last twenty years. Um, and he he made reference to, and again I'm paraphrasing, but it, like, it was a great post. But he made reference to sort of the the kind of the difficulty of doing Christmas in Ireland. Um, and again, that they weren't—they're not his exact words, but that was kind of what he was saying. The sort of the the, the kind of the drunken abyss you can fall into um, observing Christmas in Ireland. It's very habitual and very cultural, um, and you know, there's a great, you know, there's a great kind of collective letting off of steam at Christmas, and you know, it's, that's not exclusive to Ireland, but there's this kind of gleeful. <laughs> <laughs> there's this this gleeful embrace of uh, of pints and drinking um and it you know it's not that's not my choice it's not something i've ever really been into but it but it's out there like it, it's out there and it was nice to see him articulate it and he, he wrote a lovely little piece just about his own journey and why he felt at that younger age that no this isn't a good road to be on and what what you know what his drinking had been a response to in the first place a coping mechanism, a response to the loss of a friend, um, and it was really good. Um, so yeah, nice one, Jamin. That was nice and uh, you know kind of thoughtful and, and and welcome. And yeah, hopefully we'll get get Jamin on the on the podcast at some point um, in the next little while. But um, yeah, like this idea then, like you know the dry January idea. You know, sometimes I just feel like yeah, like like I said before, it's like okay. You know, brilliant, well done. So, and but also a little bit like, so what? <laughs> you know, like if you, if you know, if you're if you're an actual alcoholic and you're in recovery, and you're on that journey one day at a time, that to me is the greater achievement. Um, to try and stay sober, um, or any form of, of 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 addiction that is having a massive negative impact on your life, on your choices, on the people around you. If you can find the courage, the will, the motivation to begin the, to begin you know, to step out on that road, I, I I have nothing. I just I I, I applaud you. Um, um, I mean I feel enormously lucky in my own life that I sort of I dodged the addiction bullet, um, and others very close to me haven't. Um, and it's you know it's that 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 is no. That is no achievement of mine. That is no achievement of mine. I, I mean, I swear. That's how I feel about it. I don't go, I, look at me, I'm great. I can have a drink and not need another. Um, I've never been interested in drugs. Aren't I amazing? It's like, sure, there's nothing amazing about it because that was just in me. So it's not an achievement on my part. Like, it's much more of an achievement if you were an addict and you managed to break that habit and break that addiction and get rid of the hold of that over yourself um but to bring it to bring it back to the starting point of this the the idea then of nourishment because that's what i found myself thinking after that whatever it was up to 90 minutes of just mindless scrolling on instagram late at night i thought oh my god I mean, that could have been an hour and a half of sleep, which would have been far more beneficial. Um, it could have been an hour and a half of, of reading. It might have been 
it could I mean I don't tend to do it anymore I don't really write at night time but it could have been an hour of writing it could have been meditation it could have been breathing it could have been I don't know whatever it just yeah anyway nourishment I just found myself thinking okay so what am I doing that's that's actually good for me and making me not better because better has a sort of a moral implication maybe um if we're, if we're not talking about cold statistics um but making me more capable of doing the things i want to do and feeding the larger sort of wellness drive and the larger functionality of, of myself and of you know of yourself if you're, if you're thinking about yourself like what's nourishing you so i mean like getting rest nourishes eating well nourishes doing you know appropriate um amounts of exercise nourishes having good relationships nourishes um expressing um expressing emotions and thoughts that that are healthier coming out uh, rather than staying in nourishes reflecting on your thoughts and emotions and gaining understanding of them nourishes um drawing boundaries nourishes um fa- you know facing into your fears nourishes so and you know amongst many many other possibilities so i don't know maybe i don't know i i don't know if i'll stay with this concept as as the year goes on but i'm but i'm liking it at the moment I'm liking it as maybe a an overarching idea for the year. <laughs> that's a very it's a very grandiose claim. Um but maybe, maybe, you know, nourishment is the thing. Um but again, you know you know, don't don't nourish a sense of pride. <laughs> don't nourish your sanctimony. Don't nourish a sense of superiority. Um, don't 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 nourish those unhealthy parts of your ego. Um, I mean, these these are these are lessons to myself. These are notes of caution to myself. Because um, there, there's nothing worse. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'll just I've said it before. Don't 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 do a sting on it. Do you know what I mean? Don't do a sting on it and come out and be all healthy with your herbal tea and your bloody yoga pose and you know this kind of holier than thou crap it's like staying feck off just play the bloody play the songs be a rock star you know you don't need to you know show us your shiny aura feck off so you know what i mean they're like that's in the mix as well so it's great great to be nourished but you know don't bang on about it don't tell everyone constantly, oh, look at me, look what I'm doing, look at I'm so, so, so. What? I'm so, so, so. You're so, so, so what? I'm just so, so, so. I'm so, so. You're so, so. No, I'm so, 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 so. Yeah. That's the energy. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Is that very cynical? I am cynical about that. Just feck off, you know. <laughs> Let's nourish that concept as well. Um, just internalize it. Do you know what I mean? Internalize it. 
the you know the objective is not to bang on about it the the objective is not to perform it to show it to package it to present it the objective is to internalize it so you can be functional and well and happy in all other areas of your life in a normal natural balanced way whatever that looks like to you whatever that looks like to you my wife was mentioning a new uh, now is it gabor 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 mate is that how you pronounce his name he has a new book, The Myth of Normal, that he's co-written with his son, Daniel Maté, apparently. Um, the Myth of Normal. Just, just that, you know, a tiny little concept, isn't it? The Myth of Normal. What is normal? I don't know. I mean, I'm a, I'm a terrible believer in kind of moderation and, you know, the middle way, uh, balance, um, which is such a... I've moved... <laughs> I've moved a very large distance from the manicness of my my childhood self um when i was hyperactive child number one on the hyperactive charts of most wanted or most no most unwanted children in ireland (laughs) so um yeah not i wasn't really preaching moderation and nourishment nourishment then then i was preaching where are the fizz bombs give me more fizz bombs give me more skittles Give me more opal fruits. These sweets aren't colourful enough. They're not mental enough. I can't feel my brain exploding. So these sweets obviously aren't the thing I need. <sighs> so see, I don't. I don't need to do dry January. I need to do sugar-free January. That's actually not. That's actually not true. That would have been true many, maybe several years ago. But um, just for me to perform my own nourishment for a second. Yeah, I think um, you know, since I cut back on sugar, I've just uh, had a lot more energy and just been in a much better headspace generally, not going to the dentist as much. Um, and I just want to say, you know, fair play to me, um, you know, because a lot of people don't give up sugar. And, you know, I pity them um, and I'm definitely better than them because now I don't, you know, I, I haven't added to my 57 fillings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I think I'll leave it there. I think I'll leave it there. I, I you know, I, I was very optimistic um, when I started this episode that I'd um, I'd lean into something sort of deep and profound. Um, <laughs> I don't think that happened. Although, obviously, uh, yeah, well, maybe when I, I spoke about the funeral that there was something there of substance. Um, that was nourishing, by the way. That was extremely nourishing to um, to do that, to be... To, to, to do what I did at the funeral um, that was kind of soul soul nourishment and it was soul consolation um, and soul kind of minding um, so that was that was deeply deeply nourishing um, even though it was it was exhausting as well mm, anyway Okay, so look, let's leave it there for another week. Uh, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this. If you if you made it to the end, um, as always, you can you can throw me some love on social media. You know, a like, a comment, a share. You can subscribe. You can leave comments, uh, reviews, uh, wherever you're listening to to the podcast. Um, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, whatever, wherever. Um, I'd welcome, welcome anything. Yeah, you have to say. 
um, you know this is an ongoing um, independent project and it's a little bit of output I work on every week and try to put out something that's of quality uh, I value it I put a lot of myself into it obviously and yeah there's a um, you know it, it takes a bit of time it takes a bit of effort um, so if you want to contribute to the ongoing kind of success uh, or the building of the podcast you can contribute financially using the supporter link which will be there wherever you're listening um, where you can make a one-off contribution or you can use the Patreon link that's patreon.com forward slash the clear out and then you can be make a, a, a regular small contribution just to to support what I'm doing here um, again if you want if you want if you, if you know if you value this if you think no you know what that's actually worth throwing a couple of uh, couple of quid behind it's a choice you don't have to okay um, go forth be well nourish yourself in, in whatever form you think that uh, should take and I will see see you I will talk to you uh, next week alright that's it all the best mind yourselves take care thanks for listening see ya bye